Yeah, mic stands would be useful because, uh, you know, the handheld mic plus the computer plus the notes, it's a lot of stuff. And they don't even give us a table to put it on. Well, we're in the conference room right now. A new space for us. New space for us. We're back in the factory. Yeah, kind of. Uh, it's actually really nice to be back in here. It, our our it's offices awesome. were like a mile away. Yeah. To those who don't know, and we uh, we moved back a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So we're back in the Harold uh, Gaddy Drive location, which is pretty cool because now if I want to go grab some knocks or something like that, I just walk out back and grab them. <laughs> oh, it certainly simplifies things. Way so. more convenient. Hey, guys and ladies and everybody, I'm George here with Steve the Big Cat Anderson, and we're back for another recent podcast. This is number 23 remarkable isn't it i still don't believe that people actually listen but they keep coming up to us and telling us that they like it so. which is a very kind thing that they do and that keeps us motivated so well, thank yeah. you for doing that we'll keep putting them out and embarrassing ourselves and yeah yeah you know i got people uh telling me that uh i shouldn't be going to turkey and they're arguing with me about it on the internet of all places of course everything you read on the internet must be true i i'm thinking turkey is going to be the safest place uh one of the safer places to be considering what i've seen people in suvs doing on my way to the airport yeah i mean they say after a major event you know typically security is ramped up and you're probably most safe at a place like that yeah my our thoughts certainly with our friends in turkey of whom we have many including elmo and all the great volunteers who help run the events for the turkish archery federation uh we're looking forward to a great event and that's mostly what we're going to talk about today yeah i'm just going to do a little uh world championship preview talk about the future of the world championships indoors and uh keep this one a little short and sweet yeah a little bit of history world indoor championships go back uh 50 years i think something like that long time and um you know it's it's a it's a it's a break from it's a break from the winter it's traditionally been dominated by Europeans over the years. I mean, you know, they've got a longer winter in some parts of Europe than others. A lot of indoor archery around the world. Uh, this time of year is when we're starting to look forward to it wrapping up a little bit with the increase, increased temperatures and, you know, just springtime, just getting ready to spring. Yeah, you get some cabin fever, get ready to go back outdoors. And, you know, to be honest, for me, it feels like once Vegas is done, indoor season is done. And cheers to our friends in Oz who are headed into the fall right now and maybe getting ready for indoor season in another couple months. Yeah, but the world follows, you know, this season, and indoor <laughs> season is over. I'm not touching that one. World archery, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we've got a, a, a stellar list of entrants for the event. We've had a couple people decide that they don't want to go with, that we've heard of so far. Um, prominent among those was uh, Braden Galantine just announced on his Facebook feed that he's planning not to go. Have you heard of any others? I haven't specifically heard of any other. Maybe some some juniors, you know, but uh, of the uh, top level people, no, I haven't heard of yeah. anyone who's yeah. backed out. Well, and by the time this podcast drops, that may or may not have changed. But uh, as of right now, we don't know too many top top competitors that are not planning to go. And among those top competitors, you know, just looking at the alphabetized list for the compound men. Our good friend Nyal Amas from uh, Noria. I think that guy's got himself a good shot at, at uh, placing this time around. He's a great indoor shooter. Yes. It, you never know with him, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's up and down, but when he's rolling, he's one of the best for sure. I'm looking at uh, Jesse Broadwater. The freak show is certainly going to make his mark at this event. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to predict Jesse is in the gold medal match. 
Martin. Well, okay, maybe we'll save ahead. predictions. Right? Yeah, let's save the let's predictions. Save the predictions. So we'll save the predictions. Alert. Yeah, because yeah. we're gonna actually we're gonna drop another podcast that'll go on during the event itself. I think, and we might save it for that. I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be over there, and Tom Dillon and I are gonna sit down. I think and have a chat. Martin Damsbo, Alexander Dombayev, Bridger Deaton, Luigi Dragoni. You know, there's a lot of good guys going. Esmail Ebadi from Iran, Peter Elzinga, and your favorite, Demir Elmagakli, Elmo. Elmo. Who, you know, and on the home turf, Elmo will be there. Majid Gaidi from, uh, from Iran, uh, Roman Hafelfinger from Switzerland, Stefan Hansen, the reigning world outdoor champion, he's going to be there. Uh, my favorite shooter, by the way, is uh, just based on the name, Viktor Kalashnikov, <laughs> AK-47. <laughs> I don't know if he uh, appreciates it when I introduce him as AK-47, but it seems to be okay so far. He hasn't shot an arrow at me. Pat Larson, Big Pat, is going to be there. The, the Viking. And, of course, the lucky dog, the Sultan of Smooth. The reigning world champion. Mr. Sergio Pagni will be yeah. back to defend his world championships. Uh, championship indoors and uh, Sebastian Peinot is going to be there Mr. Perfect Mike Schlusser I wouldn't be surprised to see Dayan Sitar making a, a good run here I would be surprised to see that okay well you never know I've seen him shoot well so and Roman Vinogradov uh, we've seen him around a couple times and I think he'll he'll place well so uh, compound women you're the expert on compound women Steve <laughs> No. <laughs> but at least one. Yes. Is she headed there? No. No. Your wife's not going to the World Indoor Championship? No. Nope. Mexico's not sending a team? No, they're not. Why they're is not, that, do you think? Not funding any compound ah, stuff. Money. Yeah, Pesos I don't know if they're sending case. recurves. I haven't seen. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. So uh, Fatma Altun from Turkey is going to be there. Erika Anir, who's representing Denmark these days. Natalia Avdieva top shooter Yesim Bostan from Turkey the junior world champion she's going to be uh, headed there to show us her indoor moves and then we've got Toya Seren from uh, uh, Colombia right no so <laughs> no, wait a minute. that's somebody else Toya is from Slovenia but she may very well be an American one of these days <laughs> yes congratulations to Toya on your uh, on your engagement with our Brady Ellison uh, Irene Francini from Italy, Crystal Galvin from the USA, Yumiko Honda from Japan, who's a consistently a good indoor shooter. She won the uh, Indoor World Cup a few years ago. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Albina Loganova, two-time outdoor world champion. We've got Laura Longo from Italy. Weigh in anytime you like. Sarah Preels from Belgium. Uh, it's showing Belgium on the flag here, so she's not shooting for France, I guess. I guess it just is a week-to-week -week thing? It must be. I'm uh, not. She must have both passports. Still, though. Uh, Sarah Sonicson, who, uh, who we saw in Vegas with a great performance. Sandrine Van Dionat, who also had a great performance in Vegas. And then uh, a whole bunch of juniors, and we're going to keep an eye on those kids as they, as they come up with the, uh, the rankings, because uh, that is the future. All these uh, compound male and female juniors that are going to be coming around the horn in the next few years. Oftentimes, they make their mark at a world indoor. And uh, we'll, we'll see about that this time around. Looking at the recurves, we've got um, a mixed bag. It's not the usual suspects, with a few exceptions. The Koreans are not going to be there. Koreans are not going. Yeah, zero Koreans. They're focused. They're getting ready for Rio. You do see uh, 
some of the Japanese shooters are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I believe that we're going to see my buddy Takaharu Furukawa come up against Brady Ellison in the semifinals. That will be my prediction. That's the only prediction mm-hmm. I'm going to make. I, I think, yeah, I think they'll both be in a medal match. I was going to say Brady against Takaharu in the gold. I'd like to see that. But, yeah, I think you're right. A semifinal seems more... Uh, I don't know. I just have a feeling. All right. I, me too. And you know, sometimes we've, we've gotten lucky on these uh, predictions. Florian Kalland is going to be there, the guy from Germany. So, you know, we're expecting yeah, good results well. there. And Hjorhi Ivyansky of uh, Ukraine, solid shooter. Alexander Kozin of uh, Russian Federation, kind of an indoor guy. He's, He's been ripping it up. He has indeed. And um, Yuho Maeda from Japan, who participated in one of my seminars over there back in November, made it to the world indoor team. Congratulations, to him and um let's see luca Melotto. that's if there's somebody who's got a good shot luca is one of those guys we've also got um some sort of fresh americans here matt requa and uh caleb miller from the united states not necessarily first line guys per se but they went to the indoor trials and did their did their work alexander sergiuk from ukraine solid shooter and um you know vladis sagauskas is going to be there shooting a recurve, which is interesting to me. Recurve women. We've got, um, let's see, going down the list, Natalia Erdanieva, Christine Esabua from Georgia. Natalia Erdanieva, by the way, from Russia. Christine Esabua from Georgia. I'm going to say Kaori Kawanaka from Japan, who bronze medaled in the team round in London 2012. I think we're going to see her as a force in this event. I think we're going to see um, Natalia Lesniak of Poland doing reasonably well there, as well as possibly Veronika Marchenko of Ukraine. Also, Katuna Naremanitsi of Georgia, Elena Richter of Germany, who should be all healed up and ready to rock by the time she gets there. She had broken her finger on her bow hand. Uh, she was in Vegas with a broken hand, so I expect that she'll be back in good form for this event. Laura Ruggieri of um, France is going to be there. But, you know, I think Gwendolina Sartori of Italy, that's that's a candidate for, for a medal there. And Elena Tonetta, you can't count her out either. Lisa Unruh, however, might very well be top prospect for a gold or silver medal at this event with her experience uh, having won Neem a couple of times and having been very powerful in the world indoor before. Yeah, world field champion, too. Yep, yep. Lisa will be a solid shooter for this thing. So It's interesting. I'm thinking there's no uh, no Australian men, no Ryan Tyack or Taylor Worth here. Ryan Tyack, the, the current world champion, and he won't even be at the event. Yeah, he won't be defending his uh, title, which is, uh, I think it's a funding thing, yeah. like you alluded to, you know, and also a matter of focus. Um, you know, I'm sorry, but I can't remember. I should have done some show notes on this, but I can't remember if Australia has qualified an Olympic slot yet. I'm thinking they haven't. Uh, I'm not sure on that, yeah. So I'll bet they're focused on that. Yeah, that could be it. And, you know, I mean, let's face it. This is going to be an important event, but no use beating around the bush. This could be the last or next to last indoor world championship. Well, we know we've got the one scheduled in Yankton. Scheduled is the magic word there. Yeah, 2018. Because uh, the word on the street is that, you know, for sure this is on. For Antalya, as a, excuse me, for Ankara, as of the uh, message I just got from 
Tom Dillon not 24 hours ago. Yeah, as of 2.08 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on February 19th, it's still on. There you go. What I'm not seeing a lot of out of World Archery is any preview on the website, any sort of promotion leading up to the event. I mean, it's it's almost as if they don't want to promote it right now. Um, There's a reason, though. There's a separate reason, and that is that uh, Chris Wells, who handles the PR stuff for World Archery, handles all the news, and Chris Marsh, who is the event director, they're in uh, China right now. They're in oh, okay. They're in Shanghai, uh, doing some kind of prep work down in Shanghai. So there's yeah. So they're a little busy. No time for yeah. So when promotion. the incident, they did have time to get back to me when I asked them what was up after the news hit from the uh, tragic circumstances in Ankara, and uh, you know they they said there would be a statement issued. Sure, to their word there was, but they're at a little bit of a disadvantage because they're they're out of the country and uh, out of Switzerland. They're in. Uh, they're in China at the moment, probably headed back in the next few days. So that might be why you're not seeing as much of a buildup. Could see some, yeah. It's just, it's interesting to not see that. But, you know, maybe they don't want to promote the event right now, you know, in case there is well, look, a here's, reason for here's, cancellation. Yeah, I don't think they're going to cancel it. Not yeah. unless there's something else that happens. Turkish Federation has done fantastic work before, and they're going to do a fantastic job at this event. I'm, I'm personally thinking... Uh, at this point, there's too much momentum, and we need to um, let the event go forward. And also, you know, quite frankly, as, as some of you guys in the office have been sort of uh, mentioning, you know, this is going to be one of the safer places. Yeah. I mean, the security is going to be tighter than ever. Nobody wants to see guys walking around with automatic weapons uh, protecting other people, but it's a reality now in France. It's a reality now in a lot of cities around the world. You walk to New York Times Square, you'll see it. You'll see it in... You know, I mentioned Paris and, you know, uh, Rome. I, I, you know, this is how it is. This is the world we're in. And yeah. we're not going to start participating. No, I, I don't think there will be any issues with the event. You know, the only reason I could see for cancellation is if between now and next weekend there's another incident, which, you know, God forbid, that would be obviously reason enough to reconsider the event. Yeah, sure. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, I guess. Or hope we don't get to that bridge. <laughs> yeah, no, let's not, you know, seriously. And we've got ourselves, um, you know, a number of um, people who are counting on this thing, you know, to get them ready mentally for outdoor season. You know, this is an important event. You can't, you can't yeah. say it's not. It, it just is. And uh, it, it already feels considerably smaller than, you know, years past. Like, say, Neem. I mean, Neem is obviously probably the best place you could even imagine having a world indoor yeah that world indoor we had in neem last year um was enormous and yeah. very successful we had a pretty good one in vegas a few years ago this is the third one i've been that i will have been to uh, in turkey turkey always does a great job with the world indoor the thing about that you know some of you are probably wondering what we were alluding to earlier when we said this might be the last one it's just as expensive to the most for the most part just about as expensive to put on a world indoor as it is to put on a world outdoor. You're looking at million euro budgets these days for these things. Think about it. The buses, mm -hmm. the hotel nights. I mean, you know, it's like 5,000 hotel nights for an event like this. Yeah. And then all the volunteers. All that, the volunteers. You know, get a house, a lot of them. And all the uniforms, all the, you know, the most important thing and the most expensive thing is probably transport. Mm-hmm. You know, transport, the buses have to be on time. The, the, they got to keep people moving between the hotels and the uh, event center. Yeah. 
you know the i mean amount of targets it requires you know the yeah the, the infrastructure and everything else all yeah. that stuff so a lot of money into it yep a lot and um you know it is probably just as expensive as i mentioned to put on a world indoor as it is to put on a you know world outdoor would have been maybe eight years ago nine years ago mm-hmm. so you know given it, that it's not a you know indoors isn't isn't the olympic games of our sports so. it's not but i think that if world archery wants to really make the indoor world cup the premier indoor event maybe you could argue some changes are in order here mm. maybe See, I'm, and i'll i'll argue right now that neem is the true world championship for world archery format you get everyone there there's no restrictions to entries you know you truly get the best of the best at neem so steve anderson pro staff manager sees potentially i don't mean put words in your mouth but you put more weight on a neem victory potentially than you do for a world indoor cup victory yeah absolutely i mean if you have to go and beat you know the top 15 americans and the top 15 europeans that's more than beating the three guys from america and three guys from this country and three guys from that country i mean you still get a good majority of the europeans but i'll say this Braden gelantine's not going to be there Real Wild's not going to be there. Uh, PJ Deloche won't be there. There's three guys who could win any given day. Absolutely. So, yeah, winning name to me is I, I'd I'd weight it twice as valuable as winning World Indoor because of the depth of the competition. Let's look at the Koreans, for example. Yeah, they're not going to be here. Yeah, I mean they weren't. Did we have them in name? I'm trying to. Yeah, remember. you did. Yeah, we did. None of them made the final. But you had a world record. Yeah, and they had yeah, and well, yeah, it's true. The the female made the final. Um, Miss Sim. Yeah, but there was no, uh, you know, there was. Uh, how do I say this? There were no There's premier no, Koreans there. Yeah, the top level Koreans weren't there. Um, but like I said, there's no restriction on who can come and who can shoot. And when you start saying okay, three per country, well, so you're liking the idea of open yeah. competition for something like this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can't argue the point. I mean, it certainly gives us... Uh, by the way, the other th- nice thing about it is it does give more people. Uh, that is, I'll put it this way. Some countries, ours in particular, it's pretty tough to make a team. Really Very. tough to make a travel team. And it used to be in recurve, if you could make the, our U.S. men's Olympic recurve team, you could probably win the Olympics. You know, back in the days of Rick McKinney and Daryl Pace and a third person to be determined, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a tough team to make. It's a tough team to make right now if you want to get in the compound ranks. Yeah, it's uh, very much the same. You know, you could say uh, the Dutch team, very hard team to make. There's You got Mikey, Peter, and then the third spot is kind of always up for grabs, and they have three really good shooters in you know, Thomas Van Eyl, uh, Ruben Blayendahl, Sander Dolderman, and then I'm sure there's more that you know maybe I don't know about, but and that's just one country. The French team, obviously very hard to make. We saw how well a lot of the French archers did in Nîmes. And then, you know, you'd look at a guy, PJ's not on the team. That's crazy to me. He's always, always one of the highest guys in qualification. Uh, Sebastian Brasseur, competitive. He's not going to be on the team. Then you you go back across the pond. You know, a guy like Chris Perkins isn't even going to be there. Uh, There's a number of guys who just don't participate in this event for one reason or another. But very few people miss Nîmes. And I think that that is a momentum event. It's an event that uh, that is used to kick off careers as much as anything else these days yeah. because of the depth of that competition, yeah. you know? I mean, Sergio Pagny, 
first came on our radar in a big way through his event finish in Nîmes, I'm thinking almost 10 years ago now, you know? That's where we first got acquainted with people like him and, and people like uh, our friend from Norway and a lot of shooters that you don't see in the outdoor ranks um, at first. They, they make their move in a place like Nîmes. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, Tom Dillon from World Archery has issued a, uh, a statement, and I have that here. And it, is, uh, it went out to everybody involved in the event. It says here that, um, you know, obviously we've seen the news um, about Ankara, and uh, he wanted to express again on behalf of the entire World Archery family sincere condolences to the victims there in this terrible terrorist attack. World Archery has been in contact with the Turkish Organizing Committee, and he wanted to clarify some questions that might have come up. Uh, the first question is, is there a chance that the championships might be canceled? The answer to that is, in principle, no. And everyone is working to ensure the event can be held as planned in a safe and secure venue. And also, to be very clear, uh, the Turkish Archery Federation and World Archery are not the only ones involved in the decision. Uh, the Turkish government and the prefecture of Ankara are also participating in that decision. Will there be additional security? The answer to that is that all necessary security measures will be in place and implemented by the Ankara police. And uh, in particular, I think you and I talked about this offline earlier today, Steve, um, equipment has got to be put in bow cases for transport. There will not be any equipment allowed for transport outside of a bow case. That's one security measure that, this, that they're going to enforce. Um, the Congressium, by the way, the venue, is at least 20 minutes away from the venue. Uh, excuse me, it, it, from, the, uh, from the event that took place. That's what Tom says here, that the venue is at least 20 minutes away from the incident and uh, is not even in the same area of the city, so... You know, so in summary, yeah, caution should be taken by all teams like anywhere you go in the current climate in any city, Boston or New York or Ankara or uh, Paris for that matter. Now, some members of some teams might feel that's not enough and might decide not to come and World Archery cannot and will not force anyone to come, they say. So, uh, you know, their first concern is to have a safe and good event and uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great world indoor by the time we get done with all of this uh, Sturm und Drang. Yeah, hopefully it's, you know, everything it can be. It, you know, missing uh missing a lot of big names, but that's okay. It'll still be Oh, premier event. Yeah, you'll still have a, a top shooter win, no doubt. And with all that said, here's prediction time for this uh for this event. For the compound men. Let's scroll down here. We've got uh, I I'm thinking uh, Mr. Amos is going to is going to be at least a quarter finalist. I think if I had to say, I'm thinking the freak show for a gold medal match. I'm going to say, so I'm going to pick top four. Go ahead. These guys, these will be my, my medal match guys. I'm going to go with Jesse Broadwater. I'm going to go Stefan Hansen, Sergio Pagni, and Mike Schlosser. All right. So those are the predictions from the big cat. For the women... Looking at this situation, I think Toya's going to... Yeah, I think Toya will be there for sure. Toya Cern. I could pick Toya for a win, I think. I'm going to predict Yumiko Honda in the bronze medal final. All right, so I'm going to go top four. Toya, Tanya Jensen, uh, Sarah Sonicson, and I think we'll see Crystal Govan follow up her world outdoor final with a world indoor final. I'll buy that. 
She's, uh, she told me her shooting's been a lot stronger the last week or so compared to the rest of indoor season. So, so she's on a roll then. Yep. Okay. Looking at the recurves, I'm thinking Brady Ellison's in there. Yeah, we picked uh, Brady and Takaharu for Akawa. Yep, absolutely. And I'm, you know, the other ones, we're going to see at least one Italian and one Russian in there somewhere. See, I'll go with uh, Florian Kalund, and yeah, we could go. I, I, I could see one of the Italians, probably Luca. Luca is shooting well. I think we could probably see Luca in this the, thing. You know, half the battle in winning your way up to a medal match is believing you can beat the guy across from you, and he's one of the few, in fact, maybe the only guy who's beat Brady this year indoors. I have I think, one. I think Brady's won every match indoors. I have one wild card. Sands the one against Luca. I have one wild card. Rick, Rick Vanderven. Van. Oh, yeah, he could win the whole thing. He could indeed. So I'm going to put him in there as a wild card candidate. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty, you know, that's a pretty big wild card. Yeah, pretty heavy duty. Maybe I'll move, maybe I'll move him into my top four. And, All right. Yeah. All right. I'm calling out Kaori Kawanaka for uh, a medal round. By the way, the uh, last time a Japanese woman won a world indoor was 2007, and that was Nami Hayakawa from Japan, and it was in Turkey. So I'm predicting another Japanese medal is my prediction for for uh, this one. I'm going um, to go with uh, Claudia Mandia mm-hmm. for the win, mm-hmm. actually. You know, Max's she, sister. Max's sister. Well, or you could say Max is her brother. Okay. You know, at, at Nîmes, she shot a 592. Okay, Max is... Max walked off with a 590. I mean, everyone would be pumped with a 590, but he's like, man, my sister just... Crushed me. me. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty cool. I got to talk to him both after that. And he's like, I've kids. never felt so bad about a 590, you know? Yeah, I got beat by his sister. Yeah. With a really good score. Uh, Gwendolina. Gwendolina's going to do well, I think. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go... And I can't... Mm. You can't dismiss Eleanor Richter. Nor... Elena, uh, Elena Tonetta. Or Lisa Unruh. All right, so I'm going to go Mandia, Unruh, um, Tonetta, and then wild card, Anna Umer. Okay, I accept that wild card. I'm going Kawanaka. I'm going Gwendolina Sartori. I'm talking about Lisa Unruh, and I'm talking about Rockin' the House, former Easton intern Elena Richter. Of Germany. I'd pull for her, yeah. Yeah. All right. Those are my calls. That's our prediction. We'll see if we're right. Yeah, you can send us your questions, concerns, rude remarks, you know, make fun of us, whatever you need to. And we have an email for you to do just that. Yeah, it's uh, podcast at eastontp.com. Podcast at eastontp.com, where uh, next time around we will tackle the latest pile of questions. We've gotten quite a few, and we appreciate that, but we're going to keep this one a little shorter this time around. Yeah, we'll... uh, We've got we've actually got the next couple podcasts planned out, which is rare. Usually, it's seat of the pants. Yeah, we never deal. make a plan. Are no. you kidding? So it'll probably be terrible. Yeah, because we planned it. <laughs> yeah. Except what's well, I mean, they're pretty terrible without. That's not, not like it's any planning, different so. than normal. Yeah. Yeah. How's that any different? <laughs> Look at this from that point of view, and and you know, hey, my I'm convinced people are getting what they're paying for. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they got the five finger discount on this one, so you know. <laughs> What do we got coming up next? Oh, boy. Planning. Planning for travel. And we're earning our salaries, too. Oh, Lordy. Yeah. Yes, we Well, it's a Friday <laughs> afternoon, and yeah, I had a short lunch today, so I'm, I'm still on lunch hour. Our podcast salary is still at zero from what I remember. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, sure is. Got an Asian World Cup for my first big event of the outdoor season this year. 
Nice. In uh, Thailand, going to be leaving for that on the uh, 20th of March. So last time you went there, you came back kind of, you know, doubled over and sore in the back. Let's hope it. This time I'll be very careful not to step where I stepped. <laughs> You're going to have the same encounter I did a, with those I did a stairs. full-on flying faceplant. Oh. You know, and I'm not, I'm not a little guy. I'm not as big as you, but I'm not a little guy. And I have to figure there was probably about a thousand pounds of energy expended when I, <laughs> when I hit the ground. I am not kidding. Uh, it was spectacular. Here's the deal. It happened right in front of the Federation head of a particular Middle Eastern country. And he thought I had died. <laughs> I felt so bad for him because he was pretty upset. But the, the back's been healing up nicely, though, right? Yeah, I mean, almost walking like a human being again. Yeah. George has been taking a lot of steroids. He would not pass the World Archery drug test right now. No, I would not. So but if you I see him trying to enter the event, you know, stop him. <laughs> I'm going to start sounding like Arnold Schwarzenegger pretty soon. <laughs> and I can ride a bike like some other people we know. But <laughs> no, no, not those kinds of steroids. But yeah, they are. Yeah, I was able to escape uh, without having to get uh, sliced on. So I'm lucky that way. Very, Very lucky. Yeah. One and a half centimeter ruptured disc man that was not good certainly got my attention but hey you know yeah i'm walking again so that's kind of nice in fact i even got on my sport bike on saturday well now now you can say you're officially healed i am officially well because that position on a on a uh, you know a a honda super sport it's actually comfortable (laughs) believe it or not (laughs) i'm very uncomfortable sitting upright and sitting on a sport bike is perfect for me so i'm very lucky that way i'm gonna keep it that way too i'm understanding how lucky i am so so keep the uh comments and uh brick bats coming podcast at ecmtp. remarks we appreciate them all yes and um oh yeah i'm supposed to ask for jay's uh purposes if you have uh access to our podcast through itunes please do leave us a um a review because it turns out that that makes it much easier for other people to find the podcast yeah, and it makes it much easier for us to know what you really think about us. Yeah, which, you know, so far all the reviews have been very nice. So I expect we'll see some that aren't after a certain <laughs> point. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> but no, seriously, thank you very much, everybody. And uh, Steve and I will be back uh, in about uh, six days or so with some... Yeah, midweek next week. Some I more think. 411. Also, um, special interview that I've done with Dick Tone that we're going to treat you to in the next couple of podcasts. And... We'll have a discussion with Tom Dillon in the next uh, few days as well. So After World Indoor, correct? Yeah, during probably. Cool. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, looking forward to seeing all our friends in Turkey who we have warm thoughts of. Stay safe. Thank you very much. And? End of show. End of show.